There we go. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Can you see me just fine? Yeah, I gotcha. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to get it, like, to actually go live, and for some reason it wasn't registering, so that's why it took me a second, a couple minutes. No worries. And okay. we record this, correct? Like, it'll automatically record, just so people know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for anybody who is not on right now, um, what I've been doing is, like, as soon as the live is over, the recording, like, I'll just go ahead and post it, and then... Um, I've actually been sharing it to my Facebook as well. So for people who don't have Instagram, that way they can get it off of my Facebook. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it works out. <laughs> um, so I was just going to do a quick little good morning to everybody. Thank you all for hopping on. Um, I know some of us like to sleep in on Saturdays, um, but then again, when you're in fire, like, what's a Saturday morning? Does that ever happen? <laughs> um, and also a huge thank you to Danny from Close the Gap Wellness for hopping on. Um, we had talked about doing this live for, I don't know, it feels like a while. So I'm super excited to have you on. I'm super pumped for everybody that's here to join us and just hear more about doing the whole fire life thing and being a mom and all your goodies and tips and tricks that you have to share with us. Yeah. So like Dana said, I'm Danny Shedden with Close the Gap Wellness. Many of you have met me um, or we've even chatted in message. And, you know, this idea came to me as I've had questions over, you know, the year that my business has been in of people knowing or hearing that I have children um, and that I was a wildland firefighter and how did I do it all? And I will tell you, Number one, I talked to a ton of women. I did my research because guess what? It's not just my one way. There's like a thousand ways to do this um, in a career in fire and being a mom. And honestly, after talking to a bunch of moms, you know, I was listing out what regions I called. I called a girlfriend in region nine, uh, two in region five, two in region four, and then myself, I've worked in region two and now I live in region four. Nice. So. I, I did my research because over the years, it was like this secret little club um, where I would run yeah. into men out, you know, burning in Minnesota um, with an engine from Nevada. And I'd run into a mom and like, oh my gosh, you're doing this. How are you doing it? Tell me your tips and tricks because I'm doing it too. And I can always learn more. Okay. So, um, but the number one thing every woman in fire that um, is a mother said to me, and it's something I always say, when everyone's like, how do you do it all? It takes a village. <laughs> village. Um, I pretty much am a logistics guru. And it takes mm -hmm. having a lot of like friends, family that understand this job, a lot of education, a lot of open communication with your significant other um, to plan how this looks. You know, it's, and I'm not gonna say it's easy. And one of the big things that I wanted to talk about is to start off is this isn't a boohoo me. I loved being a mom. And I love fighting fire. So this is never, I want you to, don't need to think, oh, you know, this is like women coming on to like hate on, you know, how hard it is to be in fire. That is not why I'm here, but I want to clear that up real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't need sympathy from anyone. Um, I signed up for this job knowing that I was going to have to be a logistics guru. 
uh, to be able to do all these roles that I carry. And I've never once felt like a victim um, as mm -hmm. a mom buyer. But one of the big things, you know, that I want to cover today is a lot of the questions revolved around Danny, how'd you do it? Um, the next one is, is your spouse in fire? And then mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions about, you know, what the first year of postpartum looks like um, after having a baby in fire, what does that look like? Um, yeah. Questions, so many of you sent them in. A lot of them was about me personally. It's your spouse in fire. Um, and we'll talk about that. How did you raise your kids uh, when you're both gone so much? Yeah, uh, I'm super curious. Yeah, because yeah. we'll be in the same boat, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how much time did you take off after? What did that timeline look like? And you know, one of the people that I called specifically is Hannah e, If Hopefully many of you know her, she's fantastic. Um, I called her in region five because I just, I know she's in it right now. You know, she's got a baby and a toddler. She's, she's living it. My kids are eight and 10. So my views are a little different. I kind of think biologically we start forgetting how hard it was when they were that little. You know, we start forgetting almost because our biological clock is like, oh, you should have another. Remember how easy it was? <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, That's so, funny. Distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. I always, you know, I don't know how I had another after my son was so hard. He was colicky for about a year, just screamed. Oh. And because um, our, our minds trick us, right? Like, oh, but wouldn't it be so nice? Like, so fun to have another baby. Um, uh, the nature comes out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually, it's funny because our body actually does that to us. You know, like we actually forget it. Yeah. Um, so I'm different than a lot of women in fire. And that's why I wanted to cover mine. But I got a ton of stories from other women. Um, I have a box of Kleenex in case I start crying. So um, oh, yeah. Yeah. because it's not easy, you know, uh, I've had so many ups and downs, so much joy, so many wins, losses um, for being a mom and fire, things that I've missed out on that uh, make me emotional every time, like regrets, mom guilt. And mm -hmm. personally, how I started in fire is I was first off in grad school for counseling before fire. And you know, did my practicum, did my internship, and then went out into the great world of being a counselor in Boise, Idaho. And I had babies in grad school. So I don't recommend that to anyone. Once again, totally was in survival for like, um, but had babies in grad school. And then I remember sitting in my counseling office. And I don't think I've ever shared this story, especially on a live, but with friends they may know. I was sitting in a counseling office with a client. They were coming to me with the same issue probably for a year uh, and never wanting to fix it. You know, they just want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's okay. But I remember thinking, is this it? Is this it for me? Um, mm -hmm. am, am I just going to be a counselor that sits in an office mid twenties and not get to do any kind of adventure? You know, I grew up in the military. I lived all over this country. I've lived in England. Um, I got to do some really cool stuff as a kid. And I just kept thinking, there's gotta be more for me. Like, I know there's more, I want more. And yeah. it's not to want more. Mm -hmm. So I had a one and three year old. I quit my private practice right after that client. I wrapped, started wrapping up everything, no joke, at like a month. Oh my gosh. I started looking at USA Jobs, 
started applying to a ton of jobs that would work for my family, um, somewhat local. Um, and I knew what would work best for me at the time was probably engines. And how I knew all this is because my husband was in uh, working at the National Interagency Fire Center here in Boise, Idaho, once he got out of the Air Force. Okay. So many people don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, so my husband worked at NIFSI, and he worked for the remote automated weather stations, or some yeah. call Ross. Uh, yep. Years. Totally. Yeah. For 10 years of our relationship, traveled all over the country about six to nine months out of the year. So I was already kind of living it. You know, I was kind of like a spouse yeah. on the road supporting fire. Yeah. So it's kind of all I knew, you know, mm -hmm. and then my dad being, you know, 9-11 was when I was a kid, my dad deploying often. I don't really kind of know what it's like to have a kind of, if you will, a male in the house that's there 24 seven. Yeah. Or even yeah. like, even like a normal job schedule at that, you know? No. Yeah. yeah. For me, transition, you know what I mean? It was, I didn't have this, the, these parent units that were together all the time and home all the time together. It was like, I had a lot yeah. of time with my mom. And then I spent a lot of time hunting and fishing with my dad when he was home and had a lot yeah. of good one on time. And yeah. honestly, it looks a lot the same in fire being a couple in fire. So, um, one of the things that I did, like I said, when I rolled up my private practice, I said, YOLO dude. And I knew I was ready for fire. Cause it was like, you only live once. And how many of us have thought that? And yeah. I wanted the adventure and I wanted to be a mom. I wanted both. So mm -hmm. I started fire. I had a one and three year old at home, a lot different than many I women. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to talk about my story because it's it is different. And a lot of people ask what did postpartum look like? Well I did my research to ask other moms because my postpartum obviously wasn't during uh fire. I was a private practice counselor. I had a lot more flexibility. I was home. My husband was gone a lot so I was a spouse of someone that was gone right. fire efforts. But I had more flexibility because I was home um, and could see clients when I had time. Okay. So um, now my house, my spouse is in fuels. He actually lives in Nevada and I live in Boise, Idaho. And he is a fuels manager. So once again, I have this untraditional life of where I'm in one state and he's in the other because of, you know, it's the government. Um, and you have to move where jobs are. And if you want to promote, you kind of got to move. So yeah, promoted and moved and I stayed in Boise. So, um, I did but, not know that Danny. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, like I, said, I feel like I get, I, I should have a gold star on my vest. Um, yeah. For <laughs> kind of wrapped down for years. Like I've, I've, I've held it down. And a lot of people don't know that about me, you know? It's kind of like a, yeah. you're a mom doing logistics, but also then, then you have a spouse that's also in it too and lives in a different place because that's what the government, you know, that's where the jobs yeah. are. That's crazy. Yeah. Kudos to you. That's like, I mean, we spent, I don't know, like probably six months grand total apart this summer just because I went home and was dispatching and he was excuse me, in the States on the engine. Um, and that was, 
that was tough. But I, I mean, kind of like you, like, I didn't grow up with a traditional, like, nine to five. Like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but she ran a business. She homeschooled my brother and I. Um, and then my dad worked in the oil field for 20-some-odd years. So he was home for two weeks, gone for two, back and forth. And so I'm kind of used to it. But, like, that six-month gap, I was like, man, this is this is weird, you know? Mm-hmm. So I living in two different states, like, that's that's impressive. Yeah, once again, it's uh, very logistic. Uh, it's challenging. Also, starting my own business or even fighting fire this summer and going out, you know, as a heavy equipment boss it's, it's a logistic mess, <laughs> but it's one of the, doing it. <laughs> I, well, and I kind of thrive in it, quite frankly. It's like, okay, I'm always making pieces. Um, I'm always making things work. And at the end of the day, it works. And that's what I want many of women in fire that want to be a mother understand, like it can work if you want it. If you want this life and you want this career bad enough, it can work, but there's some things that come with that. You know, there is mom guilt. There is high levels of stress at times. Um, And why I wanted to talk about my background first is because that was what a lot of the questions were about. Um, I will give a shout out to, you know, like my mother. Uh, She was a great example for me over the years. My mom, my dad would deploy. I mean, there's no option there, right? It's not turned down an assignment. And she held it down. You know, she, she not only held it down, she made us feel so loved from all angles. She was there at every sports game. She worked full time. She did it all. She made all of our meals homemade, um, bread, meat from hunting. Dude, my mom being like saint. And I had a good example, you know, like I had a good example of how if you want this life, you can get it. You can get everything you want out of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. is it fair and is it hard sometimes? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everyone has challenges. But what I want people to understand is, you know, my background is different. I didn't have a baby and then it, it already be in fire. I had mm-hmm. children before fire, which is really different than many. So I will say, like, everyone that I talked to, they had children in fire. I was literally one of the few that got into fire after. And I'm okay. sure there's there that have done what I did but a lot of times that YOLO mindset if I don't do it now something I always wanted to do then mm-hmm. I'm going to get too old to do it or I'm going to get you know the mindset of like oh it's something I wanted to pursue but I just never did and yeah. I re- I refuse to do that and a lot of my mindset around that came from um I was a CNA through school so certified nursing assistant through college and I worked with people in hospice. I worked with people in assisted livings and nursing homes. And at the end of life, people go through things they regretted or they wanted to pursue. So I had a different mindset really um, of like, I'm not gonna live a life where I regret something. And if I want to chase something, I'm gonna go after it. Um, And I'm gonna make it work. And I also grew up with obviously a really strong mother, um, freaking amazing mother who was like, you can get whatever you want in this world, but you're gonna have to work really freaking hard for it. And mm-hmm. um, if it was not for my mom and my dad, hopefully I don't start crying, um, there's no way I would have been able to do this job. Um, there's no way I would have been able to be on fire. And what do I mean by that? I survived fighting fire by sending my kids to my parents' farm for three months out of the year. 
um, sometimes four when they were babies. Mm -hmm. So my parents have a farm in Kansas um, and closer to like Oklahoma border. Okay. It's, and they have a big, big property. And mm -hmm. my parents raised my children every summer and got that one-on-one -on -one extra love grandparents often don't get with their grandchildren. Um, and they took them. I mean, like we would fly them there, drop them off, give them lots of love, and then like bring them back um, at the end of the season. If, if that was for school, you know, getting them back a week before school so we could get all the school clothes. You know, I'm ordering on Target.com or the Target app um, on a Friday night. <laughs> You know, like making sure I have all their leggings and shirts, shoes, and just mailing it all to my house, like mass shipments, school yeah. boxes, all of it. Um, I did a lot of this with teachers uh, from living in other states where their school is going to be uh, because I was out on fires of meeting yeah. teachers virtually and saying, you know, this is what I do for a living. Um, I'm going to be back in town in a month, but you know, here I am. This is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. I live <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. So I can't drive back for parent teacher conferences, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I did a lot of that, but that's my background. Um, how I survived. There's a lot of things that I did to survive, but one of the biggest ones is it took a freaking village. My village has friends and family. My parents are freaking saints. Um, my dad, my lifestyle because he was in the military so there was no resentment it was like we're gonna make it work because you want to pursue this and we love you mm -hmm. and um my husband also did fire so it wasn't like i could totally rely on him 100 percent. you know like he was gone too so it was more like oh cool you're home but you could be gone again so we really never relied on his schedule um to be there in the summer okay. what was the other thing i wanted to cover around this schedule thing um, oh, oh, and you live in really remote places, you know, like you right now, you're not near friends and family, correct? Or family, I should say. I, yeah, no, I mean, my, my family is like 3000 miles away, one direction, another three, four, the, well, probably not that far, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a little remote town that, you know, we have like work friends and stuff, people that I know through that, but it's like, if I really have kids right now, I really would not have anybody like I wouldn't have that tribe established yet mm -hmm. um and that you know like we we're really hoping to transfer out of our current location um he's been putting in applications like all across the states so you know again it's like you know we're kind of just hurry up and wait and if we end up moving again it's like okay well here we go again like going somewhere else and we'll have to establish that wherever we end up and that's you know, that's kind of something constantly in the back of my mind that's just kind of like mulling where I'm like, you know, how's that going to go down? But it's it's really cool to hear. I mean, it is possible. And like my situation in yours, they would be different. But just knowing like there's ways to work that and it is possible, like that gives me a sense of like, oh, okay, it's a little relief. I can breathe, you know? Yeah. And it's it's possible because of that village and that village will change. Mm -hmm. I swear every right. season changed. Um, I think yeah. that one of the big things that you have to think about too, having children where you may not be near family, like I wasn't, I was in the middle of Nevada. I have no family in Nevada. Um, mm -hmm. Well, 
I had emergency contacts that were firefighters or emergency contacts oh, yeah. that fire that if my son broke his arm, which that's a funny story we'll hear about, um, who's going to pick him up from daycare where he broke his arm and take him to the emergency oh, yeah. um, while I'm out on a fire. <laughs> um, oh, my <laughs> and so logistically, it was one of those things where every year I had to think about and ask permission from whoever, can you be my emergency contact for my children? I live near no one. Um, and wow. I'll tell you this story. So one year, my, my captain was uh, Jenny and absolutely love this woman. She's in Oregon now, uh, patrol prevention. Love her. And she was my engine captain that year. And we were on a fire. Uh, there was a lightning bust in the Carson City district. And so we were down out and past a little out past Re maybe Reno area. And um, yeah, That's Reno it. area, no Nevada. And all of a sudden, uh, the next morning, my phone's dead, you know, like we're out remote, my phone's dead. I have no reception. And she had reception. And she got a phone call from my children's daycare, stating that my son and you can hear my son screaming in the background, uh, oh. that arm off gym equipment, like snapped it clean. And um, they can't get a hold of me and my husband. Right? Like, so nightmares. This is my nightmare. Um, yeah. And she threw me the phone practically and was like, this is an emergency. And obviously, there's a lot of mom guilt there. Because the first thing I want to do is drive. I, I want to yeah. get in and be like, dude, we're going to my son. You know, we're going to his daycare. Mm -hmm. And my mother instinct, right? I couldn't. You know, and that's oh part goodness. of the like you couldn't <laughs> so I can't yeah. hear my son screaming in the background and I can't oh, go yeah. you know that is one of the struggles that we're going to talk about um yeah. you know the funny thing is, is so my husband was home my husband is horrendous if you know my husband uh horrendous <laughs> like absolutely um, my kids making a joke we're like we're gonna call dad but he's not gonna answer and, yep, and he'll that's my dad. hours or whatever so I'm frantically calling my husband, right? Like, oh my God, like on my girlfriend's phone. Mm -hmm. And he's not answering, not answering. Finally, I call where the district is that we work together for Nevada BLM. And I'm like, someone needs to get my husband. Okay, like this is an emergency. I had to like call a main number, right? Instead of his phone and be like, someone go find him. I don't care what meeting he's in. And he was in a fuels meeting or something. couldn't get out of it. But they found him, pulled him out of the, and I'm like yelling in the phone because I'm furious and yeah. telling him, our son broke his arm. He's a mile away from you at our daycare. You need to go get him and take him to the emergency room. Right. So he's like, oh my gosh. And he, of course, you know, dad instincts kick in. He's like driving. And I like hang up and tell him to call Jenny's phone because my phone's dead. Um, I tell him to call Jenny's phone. Let us know, you know, what's, what's going on with his arm because I can't leave this fire. Right? right when we're sitting on a dead fire so it's even harder right i just want to like go um yeah he had a break um he's in a cast he my husband sends me a picture of him you know um with a like a sucker in the emergency room and just tears and he's got like i'm like sobbing right because oh there's my daughter um oh, hey. i'm sobbing you want to say hi i wasn't ready for you but you can come in no uncle daddy's put syrup on Oh, no. 
Um, so I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that mentally is, is the big yeah. thing here. You're not prepared for when emergencies hit and you're not there. And then that mom guilt that comes with that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade my job for anything. Um, I loved being a mother and fire, but those things logistically, who is your emergency contact? Thank God. It was my engine captain. Thank God. Um, because that phone call came and I was able to know immediately because she was on the list, you know? That's and good. yeah. And even more so to think of, we need to be thinking of that. You know, if you're a mother in fire, like who is on your emergency contact that you would be able to reach when you have no cell or when you are in an emergency setting like that, uh, where you can't leave, you can't get in your engine and drive north and go get your son. And that would have been hours anyways. So, um, and daycare can't take him to the emergency room for a break. Right. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, obviously in fire, like we have our LCES and in a way it's almost like you, like, I guess you kind of have to transfer that to being a parent as well. Like having your lookouts, having your communication system, like all of those things, you have to have that lined up. So that's actually, I mean, that's kind of an interesting thought, just, like using the tools in fire and shifting that towards parenting and like your personal life, like having all those things set up. Cause like you said, if you wouldn't have gotten that phone call, I mean, who knows how long your kid, you know, your son would have been like crying in agony, like, Hey, we can't reach anybody, bud. Sorry. Like that would be horrifying. Yeah. It's, and it's horrifying. Cause what I would have just showed up home with my son in the cast and been completely unaware of what happened. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, one of the women that I asked to kind of give me like some writing, you know, I'll be looking at my screen a little bit because um, oh. writing is beautiful. I mean, I read the people, the, the women in fire that I know that are mothers, right, that I've met on the line over the years and been like so stoked to meet yeah. other, it's a super club, I swear. Um, I, said, I wasn't prepared for this. I was just lucky. And I literally was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I feel. You're not prepared. <laughs> all the things that are come your, gonna come your way with motherhood, uh, and you may just be lucky. Um, and it takes a lot of planning for that. Mm -hmm. What she said that was moving to me was the guilt is something I wasn't prepared for, uh, what I put on myself and, and what others put on me. Um, myself and my partner must be extra strategic and every day, that is so true. Every day mm -hmm. is, every day is, Who's going to be here? Who's going to be able to move the pieces? Who's going to be able to get the child to soccer practice? Who's going to be there to tuck in? They can't do it themselves. Right. Um, yeah. But um, one of the contradictions, I think, that I caught myself thinking, and one of my girlfriends in Region 9, Nicole, said to me, why is this such a secret? Why aren't we talking about being moms in fire? Um, Many of us hide that. And what I mean by that is, you know, my first year in fire, I felt like if I told my engine crew that I was a mom, that they would think I was less than, or I was less capable, or I was going to have to take more sick days, or I was going to plan, have to plan more leave and not be available. When in all reality, why did I feel like I have to hide that? Um, that is something that we should be talking about. Definitely. And we both said like, you know, when, when we have worked in this field, you know, 
And one of the things that I always found fascinating is we never celebrate Mother's Day. And that's like the first week in fire. Yeah. We're, we're celebrating Father's Day and having families come in and all these things because there's not very many of us. And I'm not like yeah. feeling bad about it. Honestly, I used to joke like during Father's Day that we were celebrating Mother's Day for me too. Um, yeah, Parents' Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was one of those where my first district I worked at on an engine, I was the only mom fighting fire. Like there was mothers in dispatch, but primary fire, I, I didn't know any other mom. It was just me. And uh, I remember telling my engine crew, like, oh, by the way, I have a one and three year old like a month in, maybe even two months. And oh my like, God. Yeah. <laughs> Mind clone. Yeah. But I wanted to yeah. show myself as something that someone that could serve in this position, be mm -hmm. decent at it without showing all these roles and all my cards of how I did it. Mm -hmm. So, um, some of the issues that I've talked to, you know, like I said, I've talked to many women, Hannah Key, I talked to yesterday, shout out to her. Uh, some of the other women are, you know, Molly Day, Nicole Selmer, um, you know, Jessica, region four, there's been a handful. And, um, some of the ones that the big themes that came out, you know, it's like some of these really big issues that you need to think about before becoming a mom in fire, or many of us aren't prepared and just find out we're going to become a mom and congratulations either way. Um, right. oh, but one of the things is lack of support. Um, one of the big issues. So I kind of want to throw this out there too. We did have a question and I think it might be a good segue into what you're about to go for. Um, so we got a question. Building a support network is difficult when you move every two to five years. How do you propose leaning into new villages? So I don't know if that kind of goes along with yeah. what you were leading into, but. Yes. So a lot of my villages were me talking to the people I worked with um, and then actually starting to be kind of friends with their wives, uh, becoming, mm -hmm. you know, getting this other tribe or meeting people locally, you know, whether that be at my local CrossFit gym and becoming friends with people I work out with often um, mm -hmm. or that being other firefighters or that being people that are in secondary positions that may be home more. Um, like one of my good, good friends in uh, Nevada at the time was a dispatcher. She was mm -hmm. home. So she was one of those people that like I knew if shit hit the fan, I could call Lily and she'd be there. Like she'd go pick my kids up. She could yeah. possibly to dispatch because it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. And what I always say is lean in to, the, to, to everyone. Like be open with what you need. Talk to your supervisors, talk to your crew, um, tell them, you know, Hey, you know, that this is really important to me. You know, I'm a mother. These are some of the things that I'm going to need to be able to do this. Um, but the number one thing, you know, growing up in the military, I moved every two to three years. So to me, building a village every two to three years is just like, that's normal. Um, okay. yeah, you know, so remembering how to build a village is really just leaning in and telling people what you need, leaning mm -hmm. in vulnerable and asking for support when you need it, asking yeah. people to see contact, bringing your, bringing your, uh, you know, coworkers to your house for birthday parties. My battalion chief, man, he used to show up with his daughter for my daughter's birthday parties. They were the same age. 
his wife at the time would have totally come and helped me if there was any kind of need. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think too, I mean, I, I don't have kids yet, but knowing other moms and not necessarily even in fire, but I sense with a lot of mothers that there's so much pressure to, you know, you have to have it all together. You have to have the perfect marriage. Your kids have to be behaving properly. You have to share with all, you know, all the things and taking the homemade lunches. And like, there's so much pressure as it is that, and again, without having kids, like my outside perspective, it seems like it makes it that much harder for mothers to open up and say like, Hey, I need help. I can't do this. Like I'm not, I'm not superwoman, you know? Um, but I do think in fire because so many people just get that. I also feel like that's kind of the best tribe to have because those people become your family and they're like, Hey, I get it. You're out on a fire. Like I have a day off, like I'll go help out with your kids, you know? So I yeah. think, I think it's almost smart to not, not take advantage, but like you said, just lean into that community as well. And, you know, just be upfront and honest and know that it's okay to ask for help and not feel like you have to have everything under yeah. control all the time, you know? Well, and, and I'll throw that back, you know, not even if I wasn't even a mother, just asking for help and fire. Who wants to do that? Right. Exactly. You know, what I, I mean? do. I everyone, don't. <laughs> everyone wants to do it all by themselves or feel mm -hmm. like they what they're doing enough to be able to do it or that it's going to make people doubt their ability to be able to do it if they ask for help. I mean, that that is just how we are in this community. So yeah. I would say, though, building support, it's leaning on those mothers, leaning even on like the people, on the, maybe the crew that you work for, if there's, you know, if they're married or have partners with children, lean on them, you know, build that community. It's so important to also know the people that you work with. Um, and I'm not saying best friends with all of them, but man, if you have something that's, you know, you're related and that you're both parents and maybe their spouse is a stay at home mom. And I'm not saying like abuse that, but what I am saying is like, maybe they're a good emergency contact. Maybe they're one of those people who move to a new state or place that you can like make friends with. Um, man, mothers are, mothers are amazing. Um, amazing human beings. And uh, to, to take on a role of being responsible for these children and, you know, and other people's children, if you marry, you know, having mm -hmm. children, or you adopt children, whatever way you become a mother, man, uh, freaking huge shout out, because that is a role that many of us are not prepared for. There's no book to being a mother. And honestly, <laughs> kind of like fail and then just like adjust. And many of us, that even in a lot of things we do in life, but you kind of just like kind of have to fail forward. And the yes. same building support my first year in fire, that support wasn't amazing. Um, but my second, third, fourth, fifth, I started knowing what I needed. I started getting more, more about advocating for myself. Like, these are some of the things that I'm going to need this. These are some of the pressures that I'm going to have. Um, these are some of the things that like when I'm an IA resource, possibly I'm going to need a mom in the local area. That's going to take my kids overnight. Who is that person? You know, start thinking about that.
I'll bring you one in like 10 to 10 to 20, okay? Is Thanks. it going to be on that computer? It will be on this phone. I'll see you in just a minute. Uh, it's just me and Dana talking about people are watching. Yeah, but, oh. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay, so one of the other things that I wanted to say, <laughs> some of the thoughts that I have is um, that, you know, one of my friends wrote down for me is that now this new role of a caretaker or a parent, typically it's the woman's responsibility, whether you're the wife, girlfriend, or sister, it's expected by most but it's expected even more by ourselves. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves um, to do the everything. Okay. Um, it is why I suffered with postpartum after having children, because I put the weight of literally the freaking world on me. When I had a network of women I could have been leaning on, and I did not. So one of the biggest things that I can leave with someone is advocate for yourself, build the tribe without guilt ask for what you need from people and guess what it's going to come back around um right now perfect example of this uh, so when i was out this summer um and i travel a lot for work you know i teach all over i was telling my husband i think that i've taught in 16 states in six months i travel everywhere this summer <laughs> yeah and and I love it, right? I love it. This is something that value is travel and I love educating people. So I'm, I'm stoked to get to do it. But um, like I said, I'm a logistics guru and many women in fire that our moms are. So one of the things that I've had to do is even my son's fifth grade teacher was also my son's fourth grade teacher. We love her. Um, she will reach out to me and be like, hey, today's a parent teacher conference day. Uh, can you watch my son, Tucker, which is my son's best friend? Um, okay. And I'm like, problem, like I'm home um, or my, my brother here, you know, and he's able to help out or my, my husband's actually home in the state. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we make it work. This isn't just fire, right? Like many of us need to come together and many of us moms are secretly shooting each other texts all the time logistically. Like, hey, I can't pick my son Everett up from soccer can you, can you bring, because I have to do X, Y, and Z for my business, or I'm meeting with a client, whatever that looks like. And yeah. every time I'm telling you every time, unless they are physically not possible, they say yes. Mm -hmm. And, and now I don't feel guilt, but my God, it took years to get to that level. Um, and I wish mm -hmm. someone would have given me a manual of how to just ask for help. Mm -hmm. That's what I wish. Um, but back to lack of support, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and ask for what you need as it comes. You may not know what you need until you need it. And when you do figure those needs out, start asking. Um, the, the next thing is, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it kind of makes me think too, like, you know, hundreds of years ago, people were more communal. Right. And especially the family unit, it was compromised of, you know, you have grandma and grandpa and then they have, you know, say four or five, six, seven, eight, however many kids and their kids. And they all, you know, helped raise each other, helped out with the cooking and whatever. And I think, you know, obviously, as years have progressed, it's become more like the single family unit or, you know, there might even be like single parents out there people who don't have kids, you know, whatever, all, all kinds of kinds. But 
we've shifted to so much of like an independent mindset with families. And I think that makes it difficult too to reach out and ask for that help where, you know, years ago that was just so common. Like having, having that village, literally a village help raise everybody's kids. It was, it was so much more of a community project in a way. Yeah. Um, And job, you have to go back to that old school communal. It literally, When I say it takes a village and almost every single mother I talk to, to prep for this, same thing as me. It takes mm-hmm. a village. Um, it takes, it takes um, all these people coming together for the greater good of we want to stay in fire and how are we going and build support around each other so we can do that. It literally mm-hmm. takes a freaking village. Um, Cassie said, well, independent mindset as an in, as individual humans yeah and and a lot of us are so fiercely independent that we don't seek help too um i am fiercely independent you know like i am totally fine living in another state um away from my husband i'm fiercely independent and i'm okay with it um but i also grew up with a mother who was fiercely independent uh, who never lived near family. My God, we were in Florida when 9-11 happened. My family's in Kansas. And she okay. helped in Fort when my dad deployed. It just, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And But it took a village for my mom, you know, all the neighbors that are also mothers and or fathers that are spouses of someone in the armed forces trying to yeah. keep it together while the others are gone. Um, whether that was, you know, social media, which was kind of kicking off at that time. I think I was like AOL dial up at that point. Um, but it took, there were groups of women on that military base that were like, all all of our spouses are gone. How are we going to support each other? And they would make groups, you know, and they would support each other. And it's like the same thing with wildland fire has to happen in order to be successful. But, you know, it's interesting because I was reading a statement my friend said, and one of her things too was, you know, my family, if I didn't have my mom in the same town, um, town there is absolutely no way I could have stayed in this job, period. Truth. Uh, And her mom was a huge part of her village. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom part of my village, but she was in Kansas where my kids went every summer. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I also relied on, you know, wives of people in fire. Um, dispatchers that were more local that, you know, kind of knew the schedule. And I could say, Hey, on Wednesday, I know I'm an IA resource. If anything comes up, can you watch Rosaline Everett? And they would hundred percent do that for me. And yeah. flip roles, you know, cool. on Thanksgiving, I invited those dispatchers over for, you know, when they were away from family and my huge tribe of like, I built my own family wherever I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had people at my house for Thanksgiving that were from my engine. They were from, you know, dispatch. They were secondary positions and fuels jobs with my husband. It was like the more the merrier come over. And we built yep. our own tribe everywhere we went because we knew we needed these people as much as they needed us as well. Mm-hmm. So. That's so important. Hey. Okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big thing here, though, I think that I hear a lot from moms, too, is the schedule. It is really hard to schedule, like, being a mom, like, and, and then try to fit in that role. But then also, you know, not only being a mom, but, like, all the other things you 
you'll hold down. Being the one that's taking care of the house, also being an IA resource on an engine and being available 24-7. You know, also trying to get your kids to soccer or baseball or whatever sport they're playing. And with schedule, I would say that you really have to build that network. It goes back to network and your support. Um, it takes that village. But also understanding maybe, you know, the job that you had before you had a child is not going to work for you right now. You know, maybe um, you need to roll into another position. Maybe you need to go look at the fuels options. Maybe you need to go look at maybe being patrol, prevention. Maybe you need to look at being uh, in dispatch. And that's not mm -hmm. saying that the greater good of fire, I'm saying that might work for your schedule, especially postpartum. You know, mm -hmm. staffing and being an IA resource on an engine after having a child is going to be very freaking hard. Now, if you're breastfeeding, yeah. damn near impossible. Um, like I said, huge shout out to Hannah. Um, if you guys don't follow Hannah Key, you should. Um, <laughs> she is just inspires me. Um, you know, she's got two littles right now. And right after, she was telling me right after postpartum of her first, she was attached to an engine as an AFEO. And I'm like, how? Um, and she made it work. And the thing is, is oh, girl. We, <laughs> right? we make it work. We make yeah. it work. Um, I was laughing because one of the things that one of my uh, friends typed up for me was that, uh, and I love this, she's like, it's the logistics, you know? It's the, the pumping, being sick, the daycare, the emergencies, the broken arm of my son while I'm on a fire. Um, these are all real things that you have to handle and you will handle them because you're strong. You, you have like mom strength. Um, I'm telling you, it comes with the job and you are so good at problem solving. And one of the things she suggested was this should be an IQCS qual. 1000% right back at you, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot to do this job, but guess what? A lot of us that are doing this job deal with logistics every day to be able to do what we're doing. It's just mm -hmm. one, more, it's one more thing that you have to think about. Um, it is, is my husband going to be out on a fire and I'm going to want to be the one that's going to have to be in the local area if a fire pops and then what mm -hmm. time can I off the fire? You know, those are things we don't think about. Once again, that's why sometimes after having a child, it's one of those things that you may want to look into before having a kid, what that path looks like for you mm -hmm. to be, you know, if, if that's something that's important to you, please do not put that off so that, you know, because of the job, because I will tell you, number one thing you is you resenting what you do for a living, because you didn't get to be a mother and, and chose a different path. If you want to be a mom, make it happen because it will all come together, but it may be substantially uh, stressful in the beginning. Um, I wanted to make sure that I read what Hannah just said. I feel like management in my household should be a valuable part of my resume. Oh, 1000%. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely, should. I list on there is like my highlight reel. Um, for years, I've managed to be a mother logistically and hold down a primary fire position. Um, that's fierce, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's kind of funny 
just you talking about that too because this summer um i was dispatching back home in alaska and one of our guys um he was taking off he had some personal stuff so he was taking off like kind of in the middle of the season and so we all went out kind of like last year Roth. and one of the other guys sat down and was chatting with me um and this is like right before Justin and I were engaged probably about like a month or two but he was like yeah you really like this guy like you think you guys are like serious I'm like well we've been together for almost two years so I'd say it's pretty serious um <laughs> and he kind of launched into this blurb about how difficult it is to be in fire and to also be a parent but he took such a I hate to say like a negative approach, but he's like, you know, it's going to be so difficult. And as you, you know, being the mom, you're going to want to be there for your kids and you're not. So like, really, I just say like, don't like, don't have kids essentially is like what he told me, like, don't have kids. Like, cause I've got kids and it's so hard. Luckily, like my wife is a stay you know, I don't know if she's a stay at home mom, but like she, you know, she's there with the kids, but you know, oh, if you're going to be in fire and he's going to be in fire, then you probably shouldn't have kids because it's going to be really difficult and you'll regret it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I know people who do it, so it's not impossible. And second of all, like, having a family is a big deal for me. Like, I would be willing to step back a little bit and do the mom thing if my husband's going to stay in fire or, you know, we would make it work. Or like, like you, you know, you just find your tribe and you make it work. And so I think, I think it's just super important to, like you said, talk about it and just kind of help inspire other people. Like, Hey, this is, this is going to be difficult, but there are ways to do it. And don't let, don't let that fear stop you. I think, you know, yeah, pressure of others stop you or their experiences because at the same time, like, Something that I know that I talked with Hannah yesterday is everyone's story is so different. Um, Absolutely. We all do things a different way and we all make choices. Um, and Hannah said my old captain did the same thing to me. And after I had the first, he suggested that I got I got to be a real mom and stay home with my son. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Hannah, I pressures. Um, I had people tell me, and, and this is going to come. This is going to come. And I, what I always say to moms, filter this shit. It's shit, right? Um, the thing is, is people are going to have their bias. People are going to have their past experiences. Maybe their mom was a stay at home mom and that's the only slide they have. Right. Um, and they're going to put that pressure on you or project what they believe when a mother, when a, when a woman becomes a mother, what that should look like. And what I say is it looks like differently. It looks different for every woman who becomes a mom. Um, mm -hmm. I filtered so much crap over the years um, from one of the big ones was always like, well, shouldn't you be at, be at home? You know, like Hannah said, shouldn't you be at home? Um, don't you feel bad that you're missing all these things with your kids? And I used to always say back, well, don't you feel bad you're missing all these things with your kids? You know, like once again, why is there this contradiction there? Um, yeah, <laughs> do what you want to, yeah. Exactly, Hannah. And I think, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think that it took me being a freaking strong woman and many of us that I interviewed being a really strong woman to be able to go up against that and say, no, this is the path I'm choosing and I have no remorse for it. And this works for me. This works for my children. This works for my family. 
um, and hold to it. And um, going back to the other thing, it's no one's business. It's, it's no one's business how you manage all your stuff, logistically, all your roles. It is no yeah. one's business to do that. And however it works for you, it works. And who am I to judge what you have to do logistically to make that work for you? You know, one of the things that I have, um, and this is my office slash guest room that I'm in right now in my house in Boise. Uh, my brother lives with me. He is a mechanic in Boise and housing is outrageous. And honestly, it's like a gift that he would even want to live with me. He's my little brother. If I leave, you know, to go teach across the country, um, he can pick up this, the slack behind me. Not only can he pick it up, he loves it. He gets to spend time with his niece and nephew. You know, he gets to have all this time that my kids will always remember having their uncle close to us and being able to support. Like I said, it is different for all of us what that looks like. Um, and, and that leads right into childcare. I think one of the big issues on top of having all these outside pressures, whether that be from leadership, whether that be from other counterparts that work with you that have their own bias that they're projecting on you, that once again, you need to filter. Um, the next big issue is childcare. We have a unique job. And one of the things that I love that one of my friends said and wrote to me was, um, let me see if I can find it. But it was something about how we have, wait, we are not paid enough to cover daycare and our daycare needs are very specialized, period. Uh, mm -hmm. And when a four supervisor agency doesn't recognize the flexibility required to be a mother and firefighter, you are screwed. Um, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. I mean, this job doesn't pay enough usually to cover childcare unless you're working and you're traveling and you're making that extra money and overtime. Yeah. You, you've got to do that to be able to cover that daycare. I mean, I was thinking about how much I paid for daycare, for after school care, for full-time daycare when they were littler. I mean, that's in the thousands, you know, I only brought home you know, a couple thousand. So sometimes what you make is going all to daycare on base pay. That's something you need to think about. Do you got me? I do. I had something that came up. I had to get out of the way. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you got to think about that. Where's your money going? And is it worth it for you to stay in this job and knowing that daycare is going to be expensive for a while? Mm -hmm. That's something to think about. You know, I had a, an interesting conversation with someone the other day, um, or maybe it was like a podcast I was listening to. I don't, I don't even remember, but it was just the whole notion of as firefighters like that, or, you know, people that work in fire, like dispatch or, you know, whatever it is like that becomes so much of our identity that we kind of like, we can't put that aside and like be something else. So I think it's important to realize like, while we are fiercely like proud to be in fire, it's also okay to be like as equally proud to be a parent and to prioritize that. And so, you know, if, yeah, like Hannah says, two thousand a month for two kiddos. You know, that's that's like a paycheck. You know, and paychecks when I was a GSX. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that's I don't know. It's such a hard line. Cause it's like, if, if you're trying to pay for daycare, but you're everything that you're making is going straight to daycare. Like, how do you handle that? 
you know, that's a big, big thing. Um, I mean, life balance my ass. Yeah. I mean, I hear that a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, I think that a lot of it comes down to this is a choice if you want to stay in this job and you don't have to. There's lots of choices, right? And as a mother, your life will change. Um, <laughs> you guys are young. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank God. I mean, I, I'm telling you, one of the ways that I survived being a mom in fire was being able to FaceTime my kids. Um, so I can't even imagine. Like, I can't even imagine in the 70s and 80s what that was. But yeah, I think that going back to, you know, it's a balance, it's a choice. And you have to realize that there may be some sacrifice on your end. Um, but honestly, I would say the majority of the women that I interviewed and talked to, it was like, they love what they do. There's so much purpose higher than them um, for this job. There was so much love for this job that it never felt like, you know, oh, I have to leave because of childcare. You just make it work, you know? Right. Some yeah. people, that's awesome. Some people have free childcare because they do live local. Mm -hmm. um, I had that. I never had family local, but what I did have is my family who I shipped my kids to in Kansas every year, you know, my parents. So I was on Bear Divide, awesome. Um, yeah, so my parents were a huge support and I didn't have to pay for that. But I will flip that, my parents did work. So I had to pay childcare while my parents were at work while they were in Kansas. So I was paying money. I mean, I was paying a lot of money in flights to bring them there and back as well. If you think about if you're only making oh, yeah. 2000 a month after tax on base pay. Um, if you had a bad summer where you didn't a lot of money or overtime was it even worth it and these are things that I used to think about all the time um, but it always came back to I love what I do and it was worth it to me and one of the things that uh, my friend Molly said and I loved it so much was she talked about pride and you know the benefit and a game part um, one of the things I love when she said when my kids say what I do or my kid says how much what I do and how much pride she says it with fuck there's no better feeling plus when things get stressful hard I have all kinds of stories examples of how to get it done not many moms or dads can tell their kids the stories that we can 1000% um, I feel like we have a unique way of being like okay here's a problem and here's 50 ways that we can like handle this problem and Great. give our problem solvers <laughs> uh, yeah. yep. I mean it was so funny. I was talking about, and I'll refer to people that are outside of fire as more like civilians because I have that military mindset. And sure. so people that are civilians, you know, they may get a flat tire that ruins their whole day. Me, I'm, you know, at home with my kids, we get a flat tire. I pull over and I'm like, okay, let's get all this stuff out. You know, like you want to help mom? Like, let's get pulled over to a safe spot. Let's change the freaking tire. And then we're like back on the road. I'm not like, oh my yep. God, like we have to call you know, AAA and do all this stuff. I'm like, all right, let's get some solutions. We need a new tire, you know, let's get <laughs> what we need for the tire. Um, yeah. The yeah. That my kids always make fun of me is, you know, I usually have a gallon of water on me in my car. I usually have an oh, emergency. Absolutely. You know, I have flares. I have a first aid kit and it cracks Jefferson. them up. My mind thinks different because of this job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then Hannah said, I love this. My, I love that my son introduces me as a firefighter mom. It's pretty rad. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I think I think that it goes back to pride, loving what you do, but then also knowing your loved ones love what you do too. Like you may we're servicing you bleed green. Your children bleed green with you. Let me tell you. Um, I brought home smoky keychain from the Bridger Teton from yesterday, and I drove yesterday home from Wyoming. Um, um, I both gave them a smoky keychain, and my daughter goes, "Yes, more smoky stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's so cool." <laughs> um, you know, they love the job as much as we do. Uh, and Hannah said, "My job prepared me for motherhood." It's so true. It's so true. Uh, my trunk is ash. Yep. Oh man. It's yeah. funny. I think I think mine kind of stems from being born and raised in Alaska, but yeah, definitely the trunk with like all of the stuff. People with like if I ever have anybody that for some reason gets in the back of my I have a Toyota Rav, they're like, Why do you you have like oil, you have a tarp, you have and there's like a box. It's it's what mm -hmm. you do, you know? You have to be prepared. Yeah. Well, and you know, civilian life or even a mother that you know maybe doesn't have that experience of being a wildland firefighter they may not think mm -hmm. of any it's like well you just call your insurance company you get a free tow you take you to a tire shop they'll change your tire for you AAA will come side you know side by side on the highway and change your tire for me it was like and i grew up with a dad who was like you be on your vehicle uh and was like a survivalist but i also will say this job prepared me even more so to be a better mother um, even more so to be better at problem solving. Grad school could not even teach me that, you know? Mm -hmm. I I even know how to set up a business more from doing wildland fire and knowing people like you and all these other people that have done this too. Um, that's how I learned how to set up a business. It wasn't from grad yeah. school. It wasn't from nine yeah. years of that That didn't prep me to start a business. What prepped me to start a business other in this community and really being like all these side hustles a lot of us have. So, mm -hmm. oh, I love this, Cassie said. It's like my fire gear, always prepared for myself and everyone else, exactly. And the same thing yeah. as a mom. That's exactly how you were. I literally have a snack bag everywhere I go. Um, all these things that maybe other people don't think about, but in fire, man, I've got a box of MREs. Like, dude, we're ready. Like, if shit yeah. hits the fan, what's happen here? You know? Yeah. So, I love Pyres made me made me the most prepared for anything. It's true. It's true. And like these are some of the benefits that I don't think we think about when we're like, oh my gosh, this there's this huge bridge crossing into motherhood. It's like you're more prepared than you think you are. Um, one of the things that I was telling Hannah yesterday um, that could be an issue, but to to be thinking about, and I'll list some resources at the end. Hopefully, Hannah is on to list some of the resources she shared with me. But one of the ones that I saw was maternity leave. Um, the other one is prep, uh, pumping in the field or pumping even at the home unit. You know, what does that look like if you're going to breastfeed? Mm. And, you know, I breastfeed both of my breast, breastfed both of my children and I pump between clients. So when I was a counselor, so it was a little different for me. I wasn't out on an engine like Hannah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the other day Hannah posted a picture and it just like, oh, my God, I like totally fangirled, which. If we can get out of that story, if I have fangirled over Hannah in the field on Ferguson Fire, I think that was 2018. Um, you know, I saw her in a magazine once. Uh, I think it was, what was it, Hannah? It was like what, top 50 women in, in the, the country. I can't remember. But she was in the Times, I believe Times Magazine. Hannah was featured as a wildland firefighter. Oh, and yeah. Ferguson Fire was like, oh, my God. 
that and like lost it a little bit her and I will tell you she was the first that I saw with a yellow in style badass woman yeah uh she was one of the that I saw in a yellow pregnant seven months pregnant and I was like um I was so excited but I gave one of those guys something the other day that I just have on hand all the time. He said, I'm definitely prepared to be a mom now. Yeah. Fire for sure. Thank <laughs> you. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Hannah, the other day or yesterday we were talking and I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but like, I legit like lost my crap and fangirled on you on the Ferguson fire in California because she was the mom I saw in a camp pregnant in a yellow. And I was like, this is so freaking cool. Right. It's a secret little club. And yeah. I'm pretty sure completely caught off guard. But I like lost it. But the story I want to tell with Hannah is she's the first also mom I've ever seen that shared stories, which why I say follow her if looking at going through this because she's in it. Um, she had recently she was eyeing a fire, it was a type four, mm -hmm. and she was the IC and she was pumping while doing it. And I was like, F yeah, I was so oh, excited. Love that task. That's amazing. It was amazing. And I was like, once again, this job prepares us to be multitaskers like this, but holy crap. It was like the cool shared that with the, with the interwebs. And I was like, frick yeah, um, women, women each other to be each other's support and to lead by example. And Hannah led by example in that of like, you can do this. You can be a mom, you can be an IC. You can have it all if you want it. Um, yeah, what a badass, yeah, totally. Yeah, total badass. And I was just like, this is freaking awesome. Uh, and yeah, shout out to Willow Pumps. I need to Google that still, Hannah, but Hannah was using Willow Pumps. And I remember having all these contraptions on me, all these tubes and stuff. And this one's like all hands-free where you could like do your job and be pumping at the same time. So dope. Um, yeah, so, and the other thing, you know, that I've talked to lots of women about is maternity leave. And I didn't realize and hopefully I don't get the state right wrong, that October 1st, 2020 was actually the first time that women started getting maternity leave paid for and covered and paternity leave for fathers for 12 weeks. Um, that's paid for. You're not having to use your annual leave. You're not having to use your sick leave. And I remember my husband taking maternity leave for like, I think four weeks and having to like empty his sick leave to be home with my son when he was born. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's something is you know there is maternity and paternity leave now so i did just see um my one of my buddies Bo. he just hopped on so he might be able to uh answer that too just as far as um okay yeah paid for for federal employees just yeah Bo, maternity leave i know you were just taken off for uh for your new little baby so we were just talking about like maternity leave being paid for and whatever so anyway yeah, and Lindsay's Yeah, and I mean, I was telling Hannah. Uh, um, the other thing to think about is when your kid's sick, are you going to be the one that always is the one taking sick? And my husband was in more of a job, so it typically fell on me to be the one that had to take sick days. So by the time government this year in March, I had 11 hours of sick leave. Uh, so a lot of people be like, "Oh, I have hundreds of hours." Man, over the years of being a mom, I've had I never had. I had to wipe my leave for, you know, my kids getting the flu, strep, um, fevers, and they can't go to daycare, you know, for whatever their little bodies are fighting that could be a virus. Um, so that's another thing to think about, you know, before having a kid. 
I had 480 hours of baby leave. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of hours and drain it. And Hannah said, I drained all my stuff in 2018 and just had it covered for my husband and I both. Yeah. So that's those are, guys. <clears throat> yeah. And those are some of the issues that I've heard that have come up and what does postpartum look like? It's like, well, now you've got this leave, right? And if your significant other is in the federal government too, can you stagger that leave? Can one of you take, you know, thing? Can you stagger that leave? Um, how can you guys work together to maybe in the first couple weeks ensuring maybe you're both there because you're going to need two people? <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but maybe one goes back to work part time and then the other one's kind of like full time home and you shift that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I have 180 left. That's a lot of leave. Like I am so excited about that because, like I said, my husband had to wipe his leave. Um, to be home with me and uh, my son. So. Uh, what else did I forget? The other issues that I've seen come up is the balance of quals. So what I will say, if you are a dual career, which I know I am, you are, um, you're a dual career in fire. What I mean by balance of quals. So there's a lot of reasons why, um, if you're a mom in fire or a father in fire, why there may be resentment that leads to that because if you're not taking turns on whose year it might be to be home more with the kids so you can work on I don't know your IC4 um, or whatever qual op operationally that you have going um, you really have to balance that you have to prioritize whose year is it and what do I mean by mm -hmm. that years I had to kind of step back and be like okay I can work on this qual on our home unit without having to leave but next year to work on this call, I'm going to have to be able to leave district more. And so you have to be creative and bank comp credit to take time off for kids. Yeah. Um, I've had to, with the qual thing, I've had to be like, my husband was working on air quality. Um, I think it was two or three years ago. So it was like this year, I'm not going to leave district. You go work on that air quality, go out three or four assignments, get punched. And then when you come back, the next year's my year. Because what happens in this job is, is if one is all of a sudden the operation more focused and maybe you're the one expected to stay home more because there's not communication of that balance, what happens is, is it will lead to resentment. I mean, wildland fire has a huge divorce rate. So one of the things that I'd love to lead with is, man, have an open communication. If you're entering this thing of parenthood and it could be messy, um, you need to be able to communicate, you know, whose year it might be. Which quals are you working on? Which quals are the balance that shit? It's possible. And me and my husband legitimately preseason would be like, I want to do this qual. You know, I know one of the ones that he wants is plan second chief. Okay. You know, maybe I won't be going out as much. Uh, this summer, I went out only when my kids were at their parent or my my parents' house. Um, they left for a month. And I went on a SISM assignment as a clinician and I went out as a heavy equipment boss and uh, back to back, I did like full 21. And so the only reason I did that because it was kind of my husband's year to finish some quals was because my kids were gone. So I had this one window in a month, I think it was the month of July um, to do anything I needed to do uh, to work on any of the quals that I wanted to work on. And so that was my priority uh, was that one little window but the rest of the year, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go out as a heavy equipment boss unless I went back east in November right now 
um, December. So shout out to my East Coast people. Um, if I get to come out there as a heavy equipment. But I took windows. I took seasons of when I could go work on quals. And you've got to think like that because if you don't, it will lead to resentment. Um, it will lead to this imbalance of um, even responsibilities. You know, one of the really good conversations I had of this imbalance is maybe it's assumed now that you're a mother that you're also going to be like Betty Crocker and be home. That may not be a role that you want to do alone. You need to talk about that, right? You need to share the load. You need to share responsibilities with each other so you don't need to resent men. Um, for a while there, I remember, you know, I was the only one doing laundry. I was the only one cooking. I was the only one cleaning. I cleaned the house, all these things while working full time, while taking care of children. And it was like this imbalance will eventually burst. Yeah. It will show in your relationship. I promise you that. And it's taken, you know, lots of conversations, lots of, um, probably tears and lots of, um, fights to get to a point of that balance. So. Um, yeah, find a way to progress together with your career, you know, like find a way that you both are moving up in your career without resentment, making sure that both of you are priority, just because you're a GS6, he might be a GS12, which is me and my husband. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a GS6 anymore. I've left the government. But when I was a GS6 this year and he was a GS12, it was like, okay, now it's my turn to kind of like work up. Like, how can I work my way up in my career? so that we're both progressing and I'm not stunted at this GS6 level and he continues to go up the chain, right? Um, these are all things to think about because that will lead to resentment. If one person's career is progressing and you're expected to stay back, there's gonna be issues. There's gonna be issues. Right. So uh, Lindsay said, my husband and I constantly are balancing assignments, yep. And I definitely struggle with missing out on opportunities when it's his turn to get out. But I realized there's always another opportunity, yeah. Same, same Lindsay. And um, I want people to know that ahead of time before you approach motherhood. That's, this is going to happen. You have to take turns. I think that's really important too, just to bring up, because a lot of that revolves around communication. And I think just from my observations, there's so many people who don't communicate those kind of things and don't, I mean, let alone think about it. I mean, that's huge in itself, but just being up front and saying, hey, this is what I would like, or hey, how can we work this out? I think that's huge in order to make all of that work. So that's a really, like a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that you realize it's going to happen until you're in it. And I'm sure Lindsay, right. Hannah, yeah. are in that. I'm sure many of us women in fire that are, are moms have been in that situation where there may be an imbalance and it's led to some issues. Um, or you finally find the way of getting that balance, taking turns, taking assignments. That is totally me and my husband. Um, and support your partner's job. Yeah. And, and that's from both sides, right? Supporting on both ends. Even without kids, it can be hard. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Even just dog was hard. When my husband was a Ross tech, it was gone. And then I was wanting to go travel, you know, with friends and go camp, wanting to bring all the herd of animals we had. We have three, um, adopted dogs from the local rescue. So I didn't want to bring my whole animals before I had kids anytime I wanted to go. But Hannah, yeah, blondes have a lot of work to get through it. Yeah. And, and that's why I think talking about this, finding other mothers in this career field, talking about some of the issues and struggles is so important why we're here. Um, some of the tips and tricks 
that I've captured from a lot of the women in this. I want to kind of shift to that because there's those were some of the main issues, themes, mm -hmm. uh, but some tricks I have. And this is yeah. from women, right? Like I've collected a lot of information. Um, one of the ones that I love that Molly told me was my advice is to work hard, fight hard, challenge yourself and get yourself the quals you need to be independent, 100%. Mm -hmm. Uh, work on those single resources, like like me, heavy equipment, where I have a little bit more flexibility, or uh, IC. And then that way, when you want to step into another faucet of fire, you have a strong operational foundation and street cred. Uh, then you can go about your maternal path with grit, grace, and guilt-free, I hope. Okay. Thousand percent. Uh, that I couldn't have said it better. But some of my tricks is build that tribe. Know when to ask for support. Don't feel guilt about asking for the, the things you need, talk to leadership, you know, talk to the people when you're pregnant or before, when you're planning, talk to your leadership, tell them what you need, um, give them some ideas. They might not have ever managed this. I mean, there's not many women that are moms that are in, especially primary jobs. You've gotta be open, even secondary, be open about this. What are you gonna need in this journey and be open with it may change as I go through it too. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure this was a lot of people told me this make sure you're in a family oriented organization i don't care what agency you work for or you're a contractor make sure you have a business or a federal land agency state local agency you work for that supports what you need as a mother because i'm telling you if you don't it will be a steady uphill battle and fight uh to be able to have all these roles um, another one is prioritize quals and positions. Um, what do I mean? Is that balance, right? Taking turns. Um, taking time off. Taking time to have vacation. In about 10 minutes. I know, I'm so sorry. It's so good, though. Um, 10 minutes ago, Mom. Mom, stop. Uh, <laughs> I think it was awesome, yeah with your basic overhead is awesome. and you've got resources and you've got other women in fire that you can kind of lean on that are moms and gone through this that's huge but my big thing is taking time mm -hmm. off when you need it um plan who will be home and when uh one of the things my friend nicole said too is you know she has sat down with her children over the years her kids are teens now um she sat down with her kids and been like what are no-go days for me uh, yeah, she's pretty cute. Um, <laughs> so what are the, what are the like hard days where I have to be home? Are those birthdays? Do those mean a lot for your children? Um, I've missed one of my daughter's birthday. I tell you right now, I regret that so much. I wish mm -hmm. I would have not missed that birthday. Um, the other thing with the, with the whole birthday thing too, is I had my kids in March. Why do you think that is? Uh, I have a March 8th, March 30th baby. That is fire season. Um, I had them, so my husband would be home. So yep. just a shout we've, out for that. We've already talked about like, like we're, we're legit trying to plan our wedding around fire season and then kids too. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, we're not doing it these months. This is, this is the window when it comes to it. So yeah. yeah. It's, it's family planning at its finest yep. being a fire. Um, the yep. other one. Uh, plan who will be home and when. Be open with that schedule. 
like I'm right behind me. If I could show you, I literally have a schedule almost like of every day pre-planned of who's going to be home, who has children, um, down to the T, uh, like logistics. I'm telling you, I should, I should just be given the call. So, um, children change your priorities and that's okay. That's okay. You may not buy your resources more. You may want to look at other positions out there that still support fire, that still bring you love and purpose in this career. That's totally okay. You know, no one's telling you there's, there's this linear path, you know, um, this is the only way to go. And um, you may have to redirect your career. I wrote that down. Um, what I mean by that's the same thing, you know, you may have to go do something else that you never thought you would do for a while. You know, shoot, I even had surgery. I had like a sinus surgery and had to, um, not had to, I got to um, go be in dispatch for 90 days. That made me such a better IC. I know what to order. I know how to talk on the phone to dispatchers. I know how to handle what they're going <laughs> to ask ahead of time. And there was, yeah. and looking back, it's like, I'm so grateful for that experience. And why not do that for a year or two and then jump back into primary? No one's saying that you have mm -hmm. to stay any position you decide to do after postpartum. No one is saying that you can't step away from primary for, you know, a year or two or even three and then jump right back in. Yeah, there might mm -hmm. be a learning curve, you know, when you've stepped away from even using the radio maybe out on the line or being an IC, but you, it will come back. It, with practice, it will come back. You are superwoman in this. So, um, I and then I want to say what she said. I would add to that, get your fertility tested or find trends. Yep. I know for me, it took a long time post pill. It's hard to plan that. Lucky for me, I'm due in March also. Yeah. Awesome. I've actually seen a bunch of women post uh, recently that they're pregnant. I don't know if you've seen the okay. same thing. Um, some of the people that follow close the gap wellness, but I'm like so stoked. Uh, there's like this new wave of moms and fire coming up right now. Hannah's leading the way. That's, cool. that's, um, that's actually, yeah. go ahead. I was just, just going to throw in not, I mean, this, this honestly could be a whole other talk in and of itself, but I think that in itself is also really important to you. Like being on the pill and then getting off the pill, trying to get pregnant and whatnot. I mean, like I said, that could be a whole other talk, which would be awesome. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, all of all of that and like the stress or the what, you know, whatnot, haywire, crazy stuff our bodies go through in the job and trying to get pregnant, like all of those things. Like I know somebody, um, Whitney, a couple of years ago when I first met her, she was like, yeah, I've been trying for a long time, haven't been able to get pregnant, had a lot of stress going on, was like on the line, in dispatch, blah, blah, blah. And then like somehow she was able to finally get pregnant she was like we have been trying for years and years and it just so happened that like our schedules lined up and now we're gonna have a baby so I think that's that's really important to just like uh, yeah. taking care of your body you know making sure that your body's ready for that when when you're obviously ready for that yeah. Well, and I think like I said here, taking care of your mental health and your physical health, if you're highly stressed mm -hmm. and you're in a position of just like complete stress, it's going, it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to get pregnant. If yeah. you are, you know, are off, um, if your hormones are all off because of this job, which can happen, 
from the environmental closures to this job, look into that. You know what I mean? Go get a panel ran. Um, insurance covers that. It's kind of amazing when I, before I started fire, my hormones were like totally fine. And then once I started fire, my hormones were like this, uh, like a complete dance off the charts. And so I will say this job with stress and everything else that our body's exposed to could impact your ability to have a child. So that's something to look into, uh, not only, you know, your fertility tests and when your windows are, but knowing, you know, when you're family planning, knowing when um, maybe your hormones are off and when you need to go to a doctor and see if you can get assistance with that. So mm -hmm. tried for years to have our second baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, it impacts men and women. That's men and women hormones. Um, that's one of the things I teach about when I go out is how this job can bodies um, like physically, actually physically. But I think so it is. Oh, the other big one my tip be involved when you can so what do I mean by that is I may not be able to coach my son's soccer game but I may be able to provide snack and cheer on the sidelines uh, when I'm in town <clears throat> today it's soccer tournament day so I'll be doing that after this yeah. the other thing is volunteer at their schools uh, make yourself seen when you have those moments where you can right seasonally get to go, you know, teach about what you do. You know, I think one of my kids' favorite things is when I get to bring a bunch of smoky swag from work and go to their, you know, to, to the work and they get to try on my gear and talk about, you know, all the cool things, fuels and fire. And it's kind of cool because my husband's in fuels and I was in fire and still go as an AD. But we can come with these two hats and um, talk about the full circle of fire and, you know, the good things in the back. So be involved. But what are you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I just, my head's already thinking ahead to like, hey, we should do another one of these lives and go over these topics, blah, blah, blah. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I covered a lot of the struggles. And of course, I'm not going to be able to cover them all. And so many people gave me, I mean, I'm telling you, like I have like full statements from people of how they were a mom. Um, and they're, it's so good. I, I could probably awesome. do uh, but the big ones that I want you to think is there will be mom guilt. And what I will say is that is a personal journey to tackle that. I still feel mom guilt. I still regret missing my daughter's birthday. You know, um, I still have moments where I wish I was able to make um, like a choir thing at school or a sports event. And I had to miss it. Because of the job. But I will say at the end of the day, my kids are always so proud of what I do. Um, and who, where I worked and, you know, the cool things that we've gotten to do over the years, man, they've got to live in some cool places. You know, I've lived next to the Colorado National Monument. I've lived, you know, when we had a house built up on the side of the mountain with 365 panoramic views of the mountains. Stunning. Yeah, like our home was beautiful in Winnemucca. Um, and, then, you know, I got to live in Boise, Idaho. I've lived in two different homes here. So in their, you know, short lives, They've gotten to live in some really cool places, gotten to go hiking in some cool places. They've gotten to meet some really freaking cool people. My daughter, and I'll ask her because we'll see what she decides she wants to be today. Uh, but typically what she says is she wants to live out of a van. Who does that sound like? Um, she wants to live in a man van is what she calls it, like one of those Mercedes vans. She wants to take photos, uh, some sick photos, what she'll say, and sell arts and crafts and 
now and then too, and just travel the travel around. I don't think she would or gotten that if it wasn't for being exposed to so many of my friends in fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Thinking like off the top of my head, I'm like, yep, sounds like this one, sounds like that one, yep. Yeah. Girl after my heart, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a little free spirit. I think a lot of that comes from my, my husband's free spirit of being able to do this job, being super yeah. flexible. Understanding home is where you want it to be. Home is where the people are important to you. Home was everywhere. Um, I lived in fire. It did not matter. I never felt like, oh, home is Kansas. Home is Boise. I've got to get back to Boise. It was like, this is an adventure. And like, let's make the best of this. We live next to the Colorado National Monument. Like, let's go to Uray and go to Hot Springs and explore, you know, the Grand Mesa National Forest. And, uh, we, I don't think my kids ever felt like they, and I asked my son this before fall, because I think a lot of that mom guilt goes with, now my kids can talk, you know, and share their little opinions. On <laughs> who's 10, who's warming up right now for a soccer game. Um, I asked him, I said, you know, what did you love about this job? And he was like, the really cool people that you worked with. Um, and they really loved traveling. They loved getting to, uh, like meet, uh, so many people. They loved the little national park service books, um, getting stamps and all the ones that we traveled. Um, That's fine. That, yeah, it's just like, it's a different world out there, but I will say, you know, there are some things that you need to think about, like the ones that we talked about, you know, you may miss some of your kids first. You may miss some events. You may miss some birthdays. But it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, you've got duty for your family and duty for the job. And you've got a balance that works for you. Um, and all we can do is the best we can do. You know, there's going to be things that you regret. There's going to be things that bring up this extreme mom guilt. But what I will say is you can find what works for you. And that's going to look different from you, from me, from everyone that watches this. It's going to look so different. But I wanted to bring in Rose if there's not anything else. My daughter is Rose. She's eight. I don't know if anybody's got questions. I mean, I'm, I'm just here to help kind of tag along. Yeah. This is your show, my friend. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're running this with me. Rosalie. I think she's coming. Just so everybody knows, too, uh, this girl was very excited about coming on. So do you want to stand next to me or do you want to sit in a lap? So this is Rosalie. Um, she, my eight-year-old, she knows no other life besides mom and fire, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. My twin, obviously, we look identical. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I wanted to ask Rosie some questions, and then she's also going to give away one of our friend Kevin's book. Me and Rosie got to meet Kevin Rocky at Rip and Lips Invitational, so shout out to them who raised awesome. money um but we're gonna give away one of these in just a minute but i wanted to say what did you love about mom fighting fire um look at the camera that you saved people and that you made friends <laughs> that, that made friends. Important. so who are some of who are some of your favorite of mommy's friends over the years on engines, on the WFM. Who are your mom's mm. favorites? Miss Jenny. Yeah. 
Miss Sheena. That's what I just about to say. Sheena, Miss Taylor. We got lots of friends. Wait, Kelsey. Kelsey. Um, do you think it was cool? Do you think it was cool that mom fought fire? Did you go around telling people? Uh, yes. What did you think was the coolest part? That you saved people's lives. How about the engines? What did you think were cool about the engines? That they had hoses. They had hoses. Yeah. So did you think it was cool during parades to get in them? Yes. What? Bro, That's awesome. Other kids and candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you want me to do it again? Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. But <laughs> um, have you met a lot of mom's friends and who are the ones that have like come over for like Thanksgiving? Uh, Sheena. Sheena. Okay. Taylor. She's, Sheena's an AFMO for the Forest Service. Taylor's a, what is she, a fire planner. Um, Miss Lily, dispatcher. Mm -hmm. And then Shaney Pooh. Shaney Pooh. He, I don't know where he's at now. Um, what were some of the favorite things that you loved about traveling and moving to Nevada, Colorado, yeah, I got Idaho. to meet new friends. New friends. And new places. New places. What did we get to do in some of those new places? Learn about them. Learn about them. And go to different schools. Make more friends. Make more friends in all the different places. So last big question. Do you think mommy's job has messed you up? No, it made me better. Why did it make you better? Because. Are you like a little resilient thing that can talk to anyone? Yes. You mm -hmm. made me learn to be tough and all those things. Exactly. So what I will say is, I know that many times, and what I hear from a lot of moms, especially wanting to become moms, is that we feel like we may mess up our children. I want you to know you're not. Um, I want you to know that you can have this and that you can do this career and that you can have strong kids and it will, it will bring so much to their lives. It'll bring so many life skills. Uh, Rosalie, I'm pretty positive, can talk to a wall. Uh, she can talk to anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> she overshares at school um, about what I wear, you know, all these things. But she is resilient. And I think the same thing when I was growing up in the military, I was resilient. Uh, and like Hannah said, you can do it all. It's possible. Um, and I want you to know that it takes a village. And Rosalie has had a lot of people that have babysat, watched her, huh, Rose? I want to just do it again. You want to do it again? Mm -hmm. She misses having babysitters. It's pretty funny. Um, but I will say that you can do it all. And I wanted to bring Rose on to show that. One of the things my 10-year-old son said was, which was just so cute, because he's super quiet, introverted. He was like, I loved getting to go meet everyone and traveling. And he was like, and it made me more open to talk to new people and not afraid um, of different cultures, like getting to meet people in different cultures, getting to meet people in the country. And I had the same experience when my dad was in the military. You know, I grew up in England, Florida, New Mexico, Idaho, Utah, Colorado. Uh, the list goes to places I've lived. And um, it, we raise resilient kids. They can get through anything, huh, Rosie? Uh-huh. 
So, and I will always say that Rosalie's teachers always say that she's the most kind kid in class. She's the first one to um, help others and she loves it. And I think that goes back to this job and teaching her that my, one of my biggest values is helping other people. And that's what, she, so our values stick on our kids. So anyways, that, that's the big things that I had. I wanted to end with some of the resources. Hannah dropped this one in here. Where is it, Hannah? Bomberos Madres group on Facebook. It's super helpful by Brie Orcasitas. Also the Evolving Nomad uh, blog is a really good one. We raise creative problem solvers totally. Um, what other ones did we list out, Hannah? Um, my daughter just took my out. So if you guys I was just going to say, too, if you guys want, go ahead and message me those, too. And then whenever I post the recording of the video, I can, like, throw that in the, um, like, the caption as well. So that way it's easily accessible. Yeah. Make that out, though, because, once again, it takes a village. And the Wildfire Women Facebook group is huge. If you're on Facebook or even if you don't have one, create one just for this. The other one is that Bomberos Madres group. Um, Brie, if you've ever heard of The Evolving Nomad with Brie Rosidas, she's fantastic. She uh, is raising a little one as well. Um, OPM, know your rights. Know that you can breastfeed for a certain amount of time after. Um, learn what you get for maternity leave. Yep, Hannah gets to know your rights. Message me, and Hannah's been through it, so Hannah's a great resource. People like Molly Day and Region 5 are also a great resource. But once again, if you know a mom in FIRE, like, stick to those people and ask questions. Uh, you can always reach out to me and all those things. But, okay, Rosalie, this is her favorite part. She could not wait for this. So I'm trying to see who's on. Can I see who's on? Can you see who's on? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have, like, a list. Let's see. I don't know either. I have a who's watching. Yeah, who's watching. So, Rosalie, do you want to help pick? Yeah. Okay. Go up. I can't see. I was going to say, I'm not sure how you planned on doing the whole giveaway thing as far as picking, so. Well, Rosalie, do you want to just look through the names of who's on here? So, there's a bunch of people. Do you want to pick a name? Which uh, one do you like the or we could pick a number and then count down. One through ten uh, or one through nine? Eight. Eight. Um, can I do that one? Tiny Firefighter? Yeah. Let's do Tiny Firefighter. Uh-huh. Okay. So reach out to us. We are going to send you a book. Right, Rose? And uh, this is from Kevin and Rocky, Above the Ashes. It's a really good book about mental health and his story and his journey through mental health and being a firefighter and battling with mental illness. So anyways, we're going to send you this book. Thank you so much, Kevin, for getting it to me fast. And he signed the front page. Where's the front page? Really excited about that. So, any um, firefighter will send you that. And then she's gone. Her phone's here. Um, um. I was also going to send out a candle, too. So if you end up getting the address, let me know, and I'll tag yeah. team, and we'll get that taken care of, too. Yeah. Perfect. And I think, I think, she, uh, I think she just had her first as mm -hmm. well, little baby. That's so what I was congratulations. Saying. Yeah. 
huge congratulations. Um, and I know this was long. I apologize, but you know, hopefully you got a lot of good information out of this and share it as much as you can, uh, especially if you're even thinking about, um, especially oh. if you're even thinking about having children. So I've never won anything. Yay. Yeah. I'll send you this book. It's, um, and because you just had a kid, I'm going to try and cool stuff. So I'm excited. I'll send you a little care package. Um, but yes, so I think that's all I have. My last big advice, find your village. That's huge. I think, uh, I needed to hear that. I'll say that just with us possibly getting ready to move. Like it's one of those like no brainer things, but you need somebody to tell you. So thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And all of your, all of your insight and your stories are they're fantastic. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on and share all of that. Me too. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having Rosalie. Um, and once again, Great. like great Saturday, I'm about to go to soccer. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll, if you have questions that come up, please reach out to me, follow Hannah. Cause I know she's in it right now. Um, you know, there's all of us out there that are willing to, you know, share our stories with you and I can always give phone numbers and things like that as uh, needed to to be support. It takes the village of a lot of us women to and fire supporting each other through this journey. So anyways, awesome. have, thank you so much, yep. Dana. Cool. Thanks everybody. Have a good one. We'll chat soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.